Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. On the podcast this week, I'm talking to you about leadership compassion. I'm sharing some information about why compassion is important in leadership, the reasons why it's not about being a softie, the small things that you can do that can have a big impact on your team, on your organisation, on how you are viewed as a leader. And I also, though, share information about what you need to know so that you can guard against compassion fatigue too. So join me on today's episode. So welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. So I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, elevate productivity and improve well-being so that you make a bigger impact in your personal and professional life and in your workplace. Recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both their personal and professional leadership skills, as well as improving well-being for themselves and that of their teams. Jennifer said, Emma provided one-to-one coaching to me over a period of several months. Emma's approach to our coaching relationship was very supportive throughout and she built trust very quickly. This allowed me to speak freely and I felt as though she truly listened to me and understood where I was coming from. I found Emma to be extremely pragmatic, I am, in terms of her advice and coaching style, always with a sense of humour but importantly with empathy and kindness at the core. I left each session with a sense of purpose, feeling more confident and focused in terms of different techniques I could implement and draw upon. I found my coaching journey to be really beneficial and I'd recommend to anyone thinking of seeking a coach to go for it. Thank you, Emma. And these are the results that I love to hear about. So, Get in touch if you want to know how I can help you individually or your organisation. You can contact me at emma at emmalankton.com. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, the link will be in the show notes or there's information on my website at emmalankton.com. This newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly, so you can guarantee I won't be spamming you. And one client, Paula, said, I've saved every newsletter and often go back for tips, advice and ideas when I need help, support or inspiration. 
And then finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review and let me know your key thoughts or your takeaways or what you value most from the podcast. And if you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. It also helps other people to be able to find the podcast and for the podcast platforms to be able to share it with people so that we can get the message and support and help to more and more people where it's needed. So thank you for that. So welcome back listeners. This week I'm talking to you about leadership compassion. Now, there's always going to be different views and different opinions about what makes a good leader and about whether we should or should not be compassionate in the workplace, about whether it's being too soft or whatever. However, I'm hoping that today's episode will help to get you thinking about things a little bit differently um, and enable you to be able to support your teams better and to be able to do your work better. So being compassionate is not really something that we're born with. It does grow out of a considerate behaviour or uh, kind gestures or generous actions here and there that make someone's day. So it's even the smallest of moments can have a big impact. I know obviously that we're coming out of COVID and people are still doing bits of distancing and stuff like that but sometimes and obviously we have to be really really careful on this but sometimes you know just sitting down beside somebody when that you're having a conversation with them you know placing your hand on their arm as long as that's appropriate um a hand on their shoulder making somebody a cup of tea all of these things, none of them are possible either with remote working, I've just realised as I've reeled all that off. Brilliant. But, you know, kindness and compassion go hand in hand with empathy and both work really well together to help you to be a leader that people feels that people can relate to and it also helps you to feel that you are accessible to that person. So it helps you to be approachable and that's what we want. We want people to be able to come to us. Now separately I know that I've been mentioning that I've been working with organisations and they have been doing a lot of work about enabling some of their people to be able to approach others and say hey I'm struggling or I'm finding this difficult or this is what's happening etc etc. What I'm also finding though is that some of the um, certainly uh, middle leaders are going to HR and kind of saying my people have come to me with this and actually I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to have the conversation. Similarly, there are other people that who are being so compassionate that actually they're feeling overloaded. Now, often but not exclusively, there's a lot of HR people who are listening to others. They are helping, they are supporting and often that can feel like they become overloaded there's um i'll talk soon about compassion fatigue because this is a 
situation that can affect even the most dedicated of workers and especially those in caring and helping professions. So I'll come back to that. But how can we be more compassionate and why on earth should we be? Well, you know, when we're compassionate, we're in the workplace or out of it, actually. When we're compassionate, it creates connections. So if you're being a compassionate leader, you're creating stronger connections with your workforce, with your teams, with your managers. When we've got stronger connections, it improves trust. You know, people because people feel like they've got that connection with you, so they feel that then they can come to you, they can trust you. It enhances loyalty because they feel that they can trust you, that they can come to you and they can say there's a problem here and then you have less secrets and then you have less issues and less surprises. So then of course you've got collaboration because people are working together regardless of levels if you like. Um, People are working together. Now as with anything compassion's like not the be all and end all oh if we just do compassion then that's it I'm going to be a marvellous leader obviously it needs to be you need to be compassionate with a whole load of other leadership skills you know recognising that you've got the vision and targets and making sure you're checking on achievements and we can't get to the point where we're so damn compassionate that we're not, not getting any results and not getting any profits you know this you know, but I just want to put that in there as a reminder. Okay, so it's important to understand the reasons for being compassionate and how indeed you can do that. So, and it's not all about being touchy-feely, so to speak, really. You know, it's about you can just do it in a supportive way, you can provide mentorship, you can provide guidance, but, you know, as I said about that connection that builds trust and then collaboration, etc. When we express appreciation for what people have done, when we recognise accomplishments, when we mention a job well done or they've gone the extra mile or it's just been a really tough day. You know them days that just nothing seems to go right just recognising that, thanks for that, you know, thanks for sticking with it, it's been a really tough day. Those are the things about compassion. I know that was a really difficult moment for you. I know that was a really pressurised meeting. I know that you were feeling, you know, that fell under the spot in that moment of time. And I appreciate you doing whatever you did. Those sorts of things, rather than kind of being a, well, it's just your job, isn't it? Yes, people are paid for what they do, but... So here's an example. So my girls were both working at supermarket in the in COVID, and one of them came home and um, feelings are not a strong point. You know, she's much she much more prefers animals than people, quite honestly, and uh, she would say that herself. You know, so she doesn't do loads of feelings and stuff. And um, she came home and she said, "Oh, the boss said thanks very much for work today," and she and she had this look on her face as if to go what on earth was that all about and I said well that's nice isn't it well don't know shrugging you know uh just shrugging pulling faces curling a lip a bit you know well I just did my job didn't I and I said well yeah for you you know you might have just done your job but what else was happening 
you know, and when we unpicked it, there were a shot of a couple of staff. She'd stayed a little bit past the end of a shift. You know, she'd kept her head down and got the jobs done that needed to be done. Um, and I said to her, and what about everybody else? Did they all work in that same way that you did? Because she has got a strong work ethic. Um, and she went, oh, no, there's so-and-so that's always messing about. And there's somebody else that's, you know, spends half of the shift um, chatting and you have to keep geeing them on. And then there's another one that walks around at the speed of a snail. That was her words. Um, and things like that. And I said, so do you think she said thanks very much to them? Oh, no, not really. I said, so, you know, although you think, oh, I've just done my job then actually she appreciates the the way that you've done your job, the ethics, the staying power, the, the speed that you did, the efficiency, all of those things because they get results. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, where you're at, whatever, then those things really matter. Um, and those are the things that bring that collaboration, bring that growth, bring those results and get the job done, really. So showing that compassion, saying thank you for things, you know, um, acknowledging efforts, our passion, our commitment, our enthusiasm, all of those things work together for the greater good of the team, of the leadership and of the company as a whole, really. And people often produce higher quality work when we've got that recognition when we've got work together when everybody's kind of on the same page and everybody's working at the same pace doing the same thing and we're all on target to do things in the same way so it's about that efficiency and the collaboration making that teamwork making that place an attractive place to be also then means people want to turn up to work you know And then there's less burnout, there's less stress, there's less difficulties. So there's better relationships, there's a better workplace environment. So when you are being compassionate, it is often about making people feel comfortable around you. It's about having that positivity, flexibility and support. Because as I've said, then people will come to you if they've got concerns or issues, etc. So then what you end up with is people who want to come to you, who want to work for you because of what you do, not because of just because you're the boss. Now then, the other side of this, <laughs> cheerfully, is about compassion fatigue. And as I said there's a lots of people I'm talking to at the minute that are kind of, they're saying they're feeling burnt out. Um, there, there's elements where there's a risk of compassion fatigue. Because as I've said, really, it's often described as like the cost of caring. Um, and it can lead to a struggle to kind of empathise or be compassionate or be, you know, feel compassion for others. There are often people in key areas of work who become the front line for others to offload their emotions or to deal with emotive or traumatic situations and then what that feels like is that they end up it's classed as a a, a kind of deep emotional and physical exhaustion um it's also another another term for it is called secondary trauma so those dealing with trauma and then um 
feel the secondary effects of dealing with trauma. But compassion fatigue is something that I've been talking about a lot through the pandemic because people have been picking up the cares, the worries, the concerns and the difficulties that other people have had through lockdown. Now, as a trained therapist, therapists and counsellors are often trained to um, have key ways to still be compassionate with people without kind of absorbing all of the feelings and feeling overloaded and carrying everybody else's uh, stuff, everybody else's emotional stuff. But what happens is that in the workplace, you know, as a leader, as a HR person, and in, like I said, the caring types of professions and the peopley types of professions, you're not given this level of training. Okay. So then it's important to kind of know what your own symptoms are. You know, so look for the clues. Do you recognize it immediately? You know, or do you just go, oh my God, that was a really, really rubbish day that was a you know that was a really heavy session with that person um and um i think i'll just go home and power a glass of wine or uh you know eat a bar of chocolate or whatever it is that you do are you doing too many of those coping mechanisms are you feeling uh, a bit run down worn out often and then also as well you know talk to me obviously, but make sure that you've got tools and skills that people can use, that you can use to reduce those feelings of compassion, fatigue, to reduce the stress levels so that you've got quick and effective ways to keep yourself kind of like, I was going to say in tip-top shape, so I'm going to say in tip-top shape really, you know, so that you can be able to get back to your best quite quickly and that you're not carrying around somebody else's stuff. The one thing that I do say to people, particularly in HR and as leaders, you know, is it's not your job to fix things. It's your job to be there, to be supportive, yes, to be compassionate and then to support and signpost. You know, that then enables the best possible outcomes for all parties because you can't be all things to all people. Um, this is where some people have been, you know, some organisations have been calling me in to do training on those kind of things so that we can help people be able to cope with it, you know. Um, so, it's really important to be compassionate, as I said. It's also really important to watch those levels of compassion and ensure that as a leader that you don't feel that that helping level of others is not detrimental to your own energy, to your own well-being. So, as ever, if you've got any questions on this, please do give me a shout or drop me an email, emma at emmalankton.com or get in touch with me if you want to know more about the services that I provide or help and support that I can give to you, either one-to-one or group or in your organisation. And then until then, you know, keep looking after yourself, keep leading well, keep building on all of those leadership skills. Join me for the rest of the guest episodes. There's a lot more coming up that is really exciting. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.